Rebels, it's that time. Can you feel it? Are you ready to be a great parent? Do you want to feel like you're back on your honeymoon? Well, we believe in you and God believes in you. Rebels, it's time to join the rebellion. It's time for Rebel Parenting. What's happening, Rebels? What's happening, Rebels? What's happening, Rebels? Hope you're having a great week. We are covered in snow. Covered in snow. Baby Coco the puppy is in a sweater. I have a dog in a sweater. How about that? Who would have thought? Who would have thought I would own a dog that wears a sweater? And she's pretty cute. She's pretty cute. Got a great pod for you today. Great pod with Gary Thomas talking about his book, When to Walk Away. Ooh, so much in this podcast. If you are in the Springs area on November 2nd, this coming Saturday, we will be at New Life, Maine at the Colorado Springs Mental Health Summit on the 8th. We will be in Santa Rosa, California, Santa Rosa Christian Church, doing a parenting summit on Friday and Saturday. And I will be in Cedar Rapids, Iowa on November 16th at First Open Bible Church doing a home safe event. So catch us in the Springs, in California, in Iowa, all over the place. Check out the new website, rebelparenting.org, for dates and how to book Laura and I. Let's dive into this. Man, this is such, I love books where you know all you need to know by the title. It's not complicated. It's not convoluted. It's not up and down. This one, When to Walk Away, talking about relationships. It is fantastic. Gary Thomas on today's edition of Rebel Parenting. Hello, Rebels. Rebels, what's happening? So glad you can join us this morning. We've got Gary Thomas on the broadcast today. I'm so excited. When your book came in, I was like, oh, this, this is, you've got a book called When to Walk Away, and this strikes a nerve. Thanks for joining us today. We're so excited. Well, thank you for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love talking about Cherish. I loved going through Cherish on the upgrade. Uh, It was such a great book on marriage. This one, I really do think is going to strike a nerve with a ton of people because it's on toxic relationships. And there's two sides. One, I want to start with, you know, how you wrote the book. And, you know, because we have these people in our lives that Laura and I call them privately. This is and mean, goodness, I guess, I, in a way. I feel terrible now. <laughs> Black holes. Like, whenever you're around them, they just suck you into whatever it is, and it's always negative. And you just think, oh, my goodness. And when you see them, you think, oh, how do I get out of this? But I do think there are people, Laura and I were at the Xfinity store yesterday changing our phones. I think there are people that don't know they're toxic, but they do know there's something wrong with all of their relationships. <laughs> mm-hmm. And yep. what do we do when we are yeah. the toxic person? But yes. I think Christians struggle so much. And then the line that really struck out with us is when you've got an unhealthy relationship in your life, it's hard to get rid of it, but more so when it's a sibling, parent, spouse, or child. I think there are so many unhealthy adult spouse, parent, I mean, adult child parent relationships, you know, and we just think, I I don't know. Every time you're around me, I feel bad. You say mean things to me. I don't know what to do. I mean, you, this, woo, this book is (laughs) This book is going to transform some lives. Yeah, My goodness. Yeah, teach us okay. when to walk away. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about it. Dive in. Give us some of the early, you know, 
how you start knowing, hey, I'm feeling bad all the time. What do yeah. I do? How do you know when you're in a toxic relationship? Mm, yeah, that. Thank well, you, Well, he, here's a great clue, and, and I think in particular where sometimes as Christians will let people take advantage of us. I know a couple, married couple, high-powered, published. He's the competent type A guy, was very successful in sports, can run things. We're, we're not talking about a, a weak man or woman. She mm. speaks. She's dynamic. She, they're, they're both this couple. This woman from their church rings the doorbell. They both drop to the floor and they're saying, be quiet, be quiet. Maybe she'll just go away. And, and I just think if you're dropping to the floor, mm. hoping that the person doesn't look the window and toxic people always look through the windows. If, if you're oh. thinking, maybe I just need to change my phone number because I can't handle this person's calls, or maybe we want to sell our house and buy a new one yep. so they don't know where we live. It's, it's amazing the extent that some people get to because they know these people are just draining the life out of them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so rather than confronting it, rather than doing the pruning, they're, they're putting up with it. Mm -hmm. and, and so when to walk away, you, you know my limitations Ryan, that I'm, I'm not a psychologist. I'm not a trained therapist. I'm a pastoral counselor who tries to help us understand scripture and, and apply that. Amen. So this is really about preserving our mission more than it's even preserving our sanity. That mm -hmm. when we get a gr grasp of how crucial our life is, not because of us, yeah. but because of God's giftings, mm -hmm. the Holy Spirit, the importance of our mission, when we understand that, that's when we realize that's why we need to walk away. Mm. Definitely. You know what, Gary? We just went through this this past December. I changed all my phone numbers. <laughs> I, I really did. And because I just didn't know what to do. I had a couple of very, very toxic relationships where I was getting just attacked on a regular basis via the phone. And I finally said, you know what? Too many people have my number. You shouldn't be able just to say anything you want any time of day and ruin my day. Yeah. The little buzz would go off that I got a text and I would get this sinking feeling. That's I, it. The heartburn would start up in my mm -hmm. chest and I'd think, oh, I hope it's not. Oh, it's that person. And they, for some reason, they had my buttons to push. They knew exactly the soft spots to hit at. And I mean, it was started affecting my marriage. It really mm -hmm. did. And yes. Laura finally said, you've got to get rid of this. And I, you know, I have a private p phone number and then I've got a work phone number and there aren't 30 people on my private one. I just couldn't do it anymore. And my work one is never off of do not disturb. If I want to see who's called or texted, I have to purposely look at it. But it should have ended before that. I should have set those proper boundaries and said this is inappropriate and then just block the individual people, not just throw the baby out. I threw the baby out with the bathwater. I mean, hardcore. I threw the whole baby out. I really did. Well, it's, it's how you know when you're dealing with a toxic situation, when you're having to recover from it, when it's mm -hmm. what, what you said that really hits me when I'm talking to someone, when it infects your healthy relationships, wow. when it's, it, it's, you can't get away, you're having fantasy fights, you're afraid they mm -hmm. might call again. So even though they aren't interacting with you, 
it's almost like they're haunting you. Mm. And, and I know, I think especially with Christians, the feeling is I should love everybody. I should be open to everybody. Be ministering to them. What or, would Jesus do? Yeah, those things. Yeah. But, but, but here's what's helpful to me. Growing up in Washington State, Washington State's famous for two things. On the west side, it's rain. Which is justified, <laughs> but on the east side it's apples. A yeah. lot of people know Washington State apples, and if you want to grow good apples, what are you doing after the harvest? You're pruning the tree, mm. because if you're not taking branches that don't produce fruit off, if you're not taking dead branches off, you're 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 keeping the harvest back. And yeah. so when you have a mission-minded focus, see, I, I think I, I think you'll resonate with this, you guys, where. So often in Christianity, we focus on piety, yeah. what we don't do, mm-hmm. and holiness is about not doing more things than other people don't do. But when you look at the teaching of Jesus, it's about fruitfulness. Mm-hmm. Right? Remember, is yeah. this tree even producing good fruit? And Paul talks about being devoted to good works. And so if I want to be fruitful, not focus on what I don't do. Mm-hmm. but focus on doing what God has created me to do, that's when I have to prune. And so when you have those relationships, those calls that you talk about that are keeping you from producing fruit, that's exactly what Jesus talks about in John 15, where he says, this is what my heavenly father, he's pruning off the branches. So yep. if Jesus is doing pruning, we need to do pruning. And, and I doubt there's a single listener to this podcast today that doesn't know a couple relationships that need to be pruned out of their life. It's not productive for them. It's not productive for the person they're in a relationship with. And and they have no idea how much more present they'll be with their kids, with their spouse, Mm -hmm. with their friends, and with the rest of their ministry, and even their prayer life. Mm -hmm. If they'll just do what Jesus did and say, it's time for me to prune. This is not healthy. It's toxic. I know it. They might not know it. But in the end, to be faithful and to be fruitful, it's what I need to do. Ooh. Mm. So can we get into the brass tacks? Like, how do you yes. do that? Because you've got a toxic person that, one, is draining you like crazy or lashing out or saying mean things. And I'll be honest, I was afraid of confrontation because I don't I don't want it to blow up like just go nuclear and then be like how dare you you're not a Christian you know mm. I mean we've had that before and I've never been treated so poorly in my life I can't believe you do this I thought you were in ministry I thought you were a pastor I thought you know I thought I thought I thought how do you do you have to talk to every person you're pruning out of your life or can you just kind of ghost away a little bit I mean what's the proper no. way to do this no. I, what, what I have said to people, particularly dealing with family members, is treat the person like they're healthy and then stop worrying about the unhealthy fallout mm. of unhealthy people who don't like healthy advice. Mm. Uh, it, it, let, let me give an example. This yeah, is with yeah. um, uh, a guy whose um, mom was passive aggressive toward his wife and sometimes not passive, sometimes openly yeah. aggressive. Yeah. So they would go there for the holidays and it would take her weeks mm-hmm. to recover. Uh, she just felt like she didn't raise the kids right. She didn't discipline right. She didn't dress right. She didn't cook right. She didn't treat her husband right. Mm. And, and one time she was just honest. She didn't even expect to say it to her husband and she was a little ashamed that she did, but she goes, honey, I just, I, I don't know that I have it in me. It's been a tough year that I can go 
to your parents for the holidays. I just, I, I don't know that I can do this again. And since his mom preached the gospel of family above all else, it would be Ooh. nuclear war yes. if he said it. Yep. Yes. And so he said, yeah, I'm supposed to honor my mother and father. What, I, what, what am I supposed to do? And I said, you know, the best way you honor them is by treating them as if they're healthy. Yes. I said, if my son called me up and said, Dad, just with issues in my marriage right now, we can't make it over Christmas, it would break my heart. But if I'm healthy, I would say, I'm proud of you for putting your marriage first. That's, that. what, yep. that's what a good husband does. I want you to be a good husband, mm. but I'm, I'm behind you. I support you. We'll pray for you. We'll miss you. But you're making the right choice. I wouldn't make him feel guilty. Yep. I wouldn't make it about me. I wouldn't be narcissistic. I would affirm him. You're making a wife, you're making a God-ordained choice to put your wife first. I said, so if your mom doesn't do that, I think any healthy person objectively would say, that's what I would want to respond with. So if your mom doesn't do that, that's on her, not on you. You're making a healthy decision based on God's principles and then stop caring. And, and, mm -hmm. and that's why I get into a chapter on Nehemiah where he had people that threatened him, yep. pretended to be his friends, said, <laughs> we're going to gossip about you. We're telling people that you just really want to be king. Mm. And every time, here's what set me free, Ryan. It became, in writing this book, one of my new life verses. It's the last verse in the book of Nehemiah when Nehemiah says, remember me with favor, my God. I, I don't expect to be remembered with favor by people on social media, yep. toxic people who have agendas, people who just disagree with me because they disagree with my theology or maybe because I acted like a jerk. You know, I mean, I'm not perfect, but but in the end, my life has to be based on God. How are you looking at me? Am I doing living life according to your priorities? Mm -hmm. Am I pleasing you? Am I honoring you? It's OK if some people speak negatively about me, yeah. as long as God is affirming what I'm doing, I had to break mm. from, from how people thought about me, knowing that people would lie about me if I want to have the most fruitful life. Yep. That's, I mean, that's the rub is cutting yourself off and being like, no, I'm going to follow God and prune what needs to be pruned. Mm. Um, can be misconstrued or, you know, what you just said, people talking bad about you. <laughs> it, it's like growing a thicker skin. Um, yeah. Yeah, I heard it this way. Anybody can have an experience or a feeling about me that I disagree with, but their feelings and experience aren't my responsibility. I'm responsible to God for being the best person I can be. Yes. But you can experience me any way that you want, and I'm not responsible for that experience. But I do have to ask this. So let's say you've got that passive-aggressive or overly-aggressive parent, um, sibling, someone like that, mm -hmm. and you're saying, I can't do Christmas with you. Are you telling them, I can't deal with the passive-aggressive, I can't deal with the overly-aggressive, I can't deal with the constant complaining and whining? <laughs> or are you putting it back on yourself of just saying, listen, for where I'm at right now, it's you know, we just can't, work. you know, yeah. Are, are you letting them know what they're doing that's pushing you away and being and hoping that they're healthy or are you not telling them? Okay. Here's what I said to the husband. And, and this is so key. I'm glad you asked this question. Do not let another person's toxicity divide you as a married couple. Yes. One millimeter. Mm. So he had to own this before he went to the parents. It's not, 
you know, my wife, let's call her Christine. Uh, Christine just feels like you're attacking her Ooh. and I, you cannot do that. Don't let this be between your mom and Christine. This is between you and your mom where you're saying, mom, I, I've noticed you you tear apart Christine. Maybe you don't realize you're doing it, uh, but I, I just don't think it's healthy for her in this situation. She's had a tough year. I'm making the call. I don't think it's best for us. Look, we'll come visit in a couple months or something. What what I explained to him was, and this is what I don't think a lot of couples realize. I'm speaking as an empty nester. Mm-hmm. How few holidays you have when the kids are young. Wow. You know, be, because they're young, you think they're never going to end. Yep. Look, as soon as they get in high school, they're going to get invited somewhere else. Now, you may not let them go, but then they start to have boyfriends or girlfriends they want yeah. to come. Then they get married. Yeah. And the actual number, because it doesn't yeah, – the actual number of holidays that you have are shockingly few. Yes. You want to protect and preserve and make each one special, and mm-hmm. it's not on you if there's a toxic family member that is wrecking – your children's Christmases or Thanksgivings. You don't have to participate mm. in that. So so I, I would be more direct and explain it. I just wouldn't explain it in a way that would divide me from my spouse. Yes. I would the toxic people just always are putting it off. Well she's too sensitive right. or she's misinterpreting and they never they just won't accept their own stuff. And so I'm always putting it back on them. This is about you. Um, this is what I've decided, mm-hmm. you know. Yes. And well, and move that's on. the other thing too. With a toxic person, you're going to get a lot of arguments. Well, what about? Well, what about? Well, what about? Yes, I hear you. I understand. And regardless, we're still going to stay away this Christmas. I'm so sorry. Yeah. You know, it's that <laughs> it, we're not. We're, this is not a negotiation. This is a decision we've made, and we're moving on. I'm so sorry. A favorite response I found that toxic people will say, especially if they're not Christians, mm-hmm. I thought you were a Christian. Oh, Aren't yeah. Christians Ooh. supposed to yep. such and such? Yes. They're in, their entire Bible Ooh, we've heard that. is <laughs> judge not lest you be not judged yes. and forgive as God. I mean, yes. and, and so another example, a guy that was raised by two abusive parents, mm. uh, his mom was very verbally abusive. His dad was physically abusive. His dad abused alcohol. Still wasn't on top of it, of the, the whole alcohol issue. So he didn't see anything that made him feel like it was safe for him to leave his kids there. Well, when he had kids of his own, his parents realized this is a chance for us to get our kids' childhood back. We blew that. Mm. We really want to have this relationship with our grandkids. And he wanted the grandkids to spend the weekend with them the grandparents. And, and this guy was very responsible and said, that's not going to happen. We are not leaving our kids alone with you. And so he said, I thought you were a Christian. Christians are supposed to give. You haven't forgiven us. If you'd forgiven us, you would let us watch your kids. Well, it wasn't about forgiveness of the past. It was about legitimate concerns for the present. But, but I've found that they are hyper aware of how they think Christians are supposed to Mm -hmm. behave. Mm -hmm. And I love your response. You know, this isn't a discussion. We think it's best for our kids that they not spend the weekend alone with you. And then he doubled down and said, furthermore, if you invite them behind our back so that we become the bad guys, then we're not going to visit with them. So this, this is what's going to happen. 
Um, because here, here's what I found, Ryan. Toxic people enjoy conflict. Mm. Yeah. Health, healthy people want to get through it to understanding, to forgiveness and reconciliation. But toxic people, they feel excited. They feel alive. It's ramping it up. And, and, and getting into it with a toxic person rarely brings resolution. It just gets them excited. It gets them focused on you. And I found when you walk away, the good thing about that is they've got to find somebody else to have conflict with. They can't exist without conflict. Most of us would love a day without conflict. Yeah. So they'll eventually leave us alone if we won't play that game. Because if we're not involved in the conflict, they get bored and find someone else. Mm-hmm. So besides walking away and discussing um, the issues that you're having, what are some other healthy boundaries that you can implement with toxic people or you're needing to prune some relationships? Well, what what this isn't directly with the toxic person, but it's what helps me handle toxic people. It's having the positive focus. Mm-hmm. If I'm according to Matthew 6, 33, seeking first the kingdom of God. And then another key verse to me is 2 Timothy 2, 2, entrust whatever God has given me to reliable people who are qualified to teach others. Mm-hmm. The reason that's key, if I'm investing in positive relationships and reliable people, some translations use faithful people, That's what determines whether I have time for toxic people because now I'm trying to make the best investment. It's like this. If, if again, we'll go back to this. If the, if the true Christian life isn't based on negative piety, but on positive fruitfulness, Mm -hmm. it's key. Is this person the best investment of my time? Are they a faithful person who will take whatever I invest in them and give it out to others? So if you're fielding, um, you know, a, a, a football team and you have a guy who's 130 pounds, you're not going to try to make him a linebacker, yeah, right? Yeah. Right. Either he's a kicker or he's not on the team. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's just no <laughs> other place for him. And so if somebody is, is toxic, it's because I'm, it's not like I'm, I don't want to be bothered as a Christian. I live to be bothered by others. I'm, I'm called to love others yes. above myself. Yeah. I'm called to be a servant. Mm-hmm. But I want to be a wise servant. I, I want to make the most, the best use of my time. And so for me, I don't, I, I'm not qualified. Uh, I'm, I'm not a psychologist who can diagnose everybody professionally. Right. Um, you know, whether somebody's a narcissist by a PhD standard doesn't matter if I just think it's a waste of time mm. dealing with this person because. It's always I'm doing something wrong. It's what I do. It's what I don't do. It's how I do it. <laughs> in the end, I'm not influencing them. Yeah. They're not influencing. Let, let's just go our own way. And I, I had this with this guy. I hadn't spoken to him in years. Because I was in a church in the South, he just started sending me these Facebook posts uh, about how awful everybody in the South is and how intolerant. Which, which I thought was interesting because he had never been here, <laughs> and he's so certain how hateful and intolerant they are. And I'm like, mm. aren't you being a little hateful and intolerant of people you've never met? Mm. But in the end, I mean, I, I, at first I'm trying to think, you know, I, I, I think if you met some of these or whatnot, and, and politics got thrown in. I finally got to the point where I just said, you know what? This isn't going anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. You're not going to like the people. 
I'm not going to carry your message. Let's just go our own way. Mm-hmm. Um, and at that point, it's just like, especially on Facebook, it's just like, it's just, I, I just found it escalates. Yeah. Um, yeah. If, if, if I'm not being challenged and they're not being challenged at that point, well, let's just, let's just go our own way. I don't speak ill of him. I've never given his name out. I don't think about him. I'm able to go it. Cause what I've found, and this is why I think it's so important to walk away. It's when I'm wrestling with a toxic person, I'm most in danger of becoming toxic myself. Yeah. Yes. Oh, I yeah. love that. Can you say that again? <laughs> <laughs> it's when I'm interacting with a toxic person that I'm most in danger of becoming toxic myself. Mm. It's, sometimes when to walk away might be a statement of my own weakness as much of their toxicity. Because sure. if I get around him, I'm going to want to control him. Mm-hmm. I'm going to want to be, be hateful. I'm going to be... And I'm like, you know what? Maybe I'm just not mature enough to interact with you. Yes. And so <laughs> let's go our own way mm-hmm. so that you don't say something that shouldn't be said. I don't say something. And and if somebody wants it, what, what hit me that the basis of this book is revolutionary for me was going through the four gospels and literally counting how many times Jesus walked away from somebody or let others walk away from him. Mm. And how few times, i.e. zero, Jesus chased after somebody that walked away. Or when they would ask him to leave, he would usually stay. There's one time, you might remember this, when Jesus rescued some um, guys possessed with demons, sent him into a pig, yep. yeah. group of pigs. Right. Yeah. Pigs run off the cliff. Yeah. The people are horrified. Their business has you, I mean, right. they've got a fire cell on pork chops, but then, you know, nothing for next week, right? And it's astonishing because at the end of Matthew chapter 8, they say, Jesus, would you just leave? Mm, yeah. and, and now this is Jesus. <laughs> this is God incarnate. We wish we could be like, what would we pay for that ticket? Yeah. Mm. I'm, I'm seriously, what, to, for a weekend mm. to watch him, to hear him, mm. to ask him questions. And they said, just leave. Right. The very next verse, Matthew 9, 1, this is what just not, said, Jesus got into a boat and sailed away. <laughs> He's like, okay. He, he, he didn't say, well, let me explain why. Right. You guys shouldn't have been raising these pigs in the first place. Yeah. He didn't say, you don't understand. I'm trying to gain followers. Yeah. I think you might have misinterpreted this. The demons needed to, Jesus got into the boat and sailed away. Mm-hmm. Uh, when the rich young ruler left Jesus, I mean, admittedly, it was a hard word, 100%. Yep. He could have said, you know, that's a bit steep, but. A good salesman starts at the top. So let's let's see if we could agree at 50% <laughs> yeah. or 25%. Yeah. Yeah. Instead, it, he walked away and it says, Jesus turned to his disciples, the reliable people, said, let me explain to you why it's so difficult for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. So Jesus let people walk away. Mm-hmm. If Jesus let people walk away, why don't we? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Definitely. Oh, when you talked about social media – I think that's one area that we forget how easy it is to block toxic people. Like unfollow, unfollow, hide comments. Lauren, I just experienced this the other day. There was someone that was posting inappropriate things on our page and just kind of needling us. And I was like, you know what? I could just block you. It's really easy. I don't know you. We're not friends. You're not in my life. You're just kind of on the periphery, just kind of going poke, 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 
poke, poke. And it was mm-hmm. like, you know, I would talk to Laura. Why are they doing this? Why is this going on? Why does this keep happening? Why would they just, you know, behave? And I was like, oh, I could just click. Oh, it never happens again. It never bothers me again. Uh, they just don't find me online. It's no big deal. Uh, so I think going through your social media feeds, going through your friend list and being like, you know what? I need this person away. I need to not see their posts anymore. I need to not hear that negativity anymore. No big deal. Let me ask you this, though, because this is harder. I do think there are a lot of adult children who are separating from toxic parents. Yes. And there is a deep grieving process because what we most desire is a great relationship, an intimate relationship, an uplifting, positive relationship with our parents. We want to hear, I'm so proud of you. You've done such a good job. I'm so sorry for the way I've hurt you. Please forgive. There's this deep desire for forgiveness and reconciliation and bonding and intimacy. And as you get older and older, you realize, I'm never going to have that with you, barring a miracle, and I can't be around you anymore and I, I miss having a pair. I miss the thing I didn't have with you. I want it so bad. How do you grieve this thing that every one of us desires so deeply when you realize at 49, 50, 55, whatever it is, I'm not going to get it and this is just hurting me and longing for it over and over is letting me get hurt over and over again. You, you kind of stole my answer with your question because <laughs> I would say when you know it's broken, when you know it's a dysfunctional relationship, we need to grieve it instead of try to fix it. Mm. Grieving is the process of healing. Fixing is a waste of time. I, I don't mean to be sexist. I'm just saying the people I've dealt with this have tended to be young wives. What happens when I see a, a woman that comes out of just a deeply broken, dysfunctional, even toxic background – and then I love it as a pastor when they make a wise choice for marriage. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes coming out of a background like that, you're drawn to somebody that isn't healthy. Yeah. But I'll see God has done a great work in their heart. They make a very wise choice for marriage. And you work with them as a premarital couple. They get married. And within months, it's like now they have this healthy family started. And they think now's the time to go back and fix my parents' mm-hmm. home. Yep. And and I'll say that is the absolute worst use of your time. I said, I get why you want to have a healthy relationship with your parents. Mm -hmm. Who doesn't? Mm -hmm. But you can't have a healthy relationship with an unhealthy person. Mm -hmm. And so all you're going to do is take time from building a healthy marriage to try to fix an unhealthy, dysfunctional family background. And I said, here's the thing. You will come back three years from now. If you don't do what I say, I I don't control you. Yeah. Yeah. But three years from now, if you disagree with me, you're going to come back and say, you're right. My, my family's no better. Yeah. I, they're, they're still not saying they're proud of me. They still don't say they love me. Yep. I've paid off their mortgage. I've, I've, I've got them. I've bailed them out. Yeah. I've, I've, I've picked them up so they didn't have to drive drunk or they didn't drive drunk. So I picked them up out of bail. And they still won't say they're proud of them. They yep. still think I married a loser. They still think I'm a disappointment. Mm-hmm. And And so I said, so here's what you do. You build positive relationships with God's people. You build a positive marriage like you never saw growing up. Mm -hmm. You find find an older couple at church that knows how to give love, that will encourage you. They'll love having a younger couple in their life. 
that's really where I think the church can step in and provide mm. those relationships yeah. that that you just don't have natural because Jesus makes it so clear that his blood overcomes familial blood. Yes. I mean, th- think it. He said, who's my mother? Who are my brothers? Right. Yeah. Those who do the will of my father in heaven. Mm. Once we become Christians, really that, that spiritual bond ov- supersedes the familial bond. Mm. It's it seems weird, but that that's straight. Jesus says that three or four times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. We love that finding a mentor or a spiritual father, spiritual mother to help support you to become the woman or man that God created you to be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I just have a question. I'm I might be backtracking here, but I keep thinking. Well, what if you're the toxic person and you're listening today? Like, what are some questions you can start asking yourself to identify? if you are the toxic person and need to get support and help and change and grow. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think Paul describes a toxic person. I mean, a, a couple things that, that aren't in the passage by Paul. One, I think one of the things about toxicity is control. control. Um, that was huge for me because as amazing as God is, as powerful as God is, as sovereign as God is, and as right as God always is, he's never wrong. Mm-hmm. It's astonishing how uncontrolling he is toward his people. Mm, yes. Begins even in the Old Testament. Hey, choose you this day whom you're going to serve. Is it me or is it someone else? How uncontrolling Jesus is in letting people walk away. Jesus spoke the truth and he says, you can accept it or not, but here's the truth. Mm. So when somebody's trying to control you, you will do what I want you to do. They're they're acting the way that God doesn't act, number one. And two, they're asking you to give them allegiance that belongs to God. So that's a real – if you feel controlled by them, that's a big sign. And if you're trying to control others – and here's where it's so tricky, Laura, especially for good-hearted people. Mm. We can – act in a toxic way without necessarily being toxic in in character. For instance, if you're married to an addict, if you're raising an addict, you will be sorely tempted to control them. Not from a toxic thrill of controlling, but out of loving concern. Mm. But that's, that's when we've got to step back and say, look, I can speak the truth to you. I I'm talking about adult kids, of course, but I, I, I don't get to control you. Um, murderous thoughts, um, are another form of toxicity Mm. that, and I'm not just talking about stabbing somebody, um, but like character assassination type thoughts. Well, it is, you, you, you murder somebody's reputation, you murder somebody's peace, Mm. you murder somebody's joy. You go to a party and, and you, you bring the party down, uh, you, you, Mm-hmm. <laughs> you you murder a church mm-hmm. one or two people yep. can just tear apart a church For you sure. murder a workplace well, where we, you're, yeah. you're gossiping and your division and so you look in somebody's life and there's murder murder they've destroyed everything yeah. in their wake mm. if if you see everything falling apart i like what you said at the start ryan if everything you're a part of is killed <laughs> you might be the one that's killing yep. it yeah. and yeah. You might think there's a, a problem here. But the third thing is, and, and, and here's the list, where Paul says that um, – this is Colossians 3, 8, 9. We should particularly avoid anger, rage, malice, slander, 
filthy language and lying. Mm. And, and those are all the toxic practices where people come alive. We all get angry. Yeah. We probably all slander. I wish we didn't, but let's be honest. Yeah. We all have a little bit too much to eat at times. We all can. But the difference of a toxic person is that's when they're most alive. Mm. That's what gives spice. They like it. They they love it. They want to participate in it. It makes them feel like oh, that was a good time. It gets their heart beating. Most of us, hopefully, in a fit of road rage, if we're a healthy Christian, we're like, oh, I, I don't want to be that guy. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to be that woman. I don't want to be the kind of person who does that. I want to be a better person than that. Yes. But toxic people will one. chase them down the highway. Right. They'll take the exit they weren't going to take yep. to keep it going. Mm -hmm. They'll look for the next driver to challenge. Well, you know, Gary, this is an interesting one. I had to ask myself on that in traffic. I'm, I'm easily frustrated in traffic. Not so much today as I have been in the past. And I know that's a struggle for me. And one day I just thought to myself, do you honestly think the guy in front of you is thinking about you as he's making traffic decisions? Do you really think this random driver in front of you is like, you know what? I'm really going to mess with the guy behind me. I am really this. He's getting so angry. This is hilarious. I can't believe how mad I'm making this guy. I'm going to slow down again. I'm going to, you know, swerve over a little. How you have to ask yourself, are you really that important that everyone around you in traffic is thinking specifically about you as they drive the way they drive? Or do we just have more distracted drivers today? And I had to tell myself, this is not personal. They might be a bad driver. That might bother me, but I can't make it personal. It's not about me in traffic with a thousand people. It can't be about me. I'm just not that known or important to anyone. Is there one every now and then when there's a guy going slow and you try to pass him and they speed up and they look over at you? Sure. It is also, it must be the exception to the rule. Yeah. It has to be the exception. I'm just not that famous. Nobody knows who I am in traffic. It's not me. What, what I love what you just said, Ryan, and, and here's the truth. This is a great takeaway for people on dealing with toxic people. You said, it's not about me. It's about... A toxic person just needs to be toxic. Yeah. Mm. If you go back to those people you blocked that you mentioned and you look up their Twitter and Facebook, they're being toxic with someone else. Totally. That's what I found. Yep. Yes. When I've taken myself out of the out of the process, mm. they've just found someone else to, to attack. Mm. And and it's so freeing because you realize I took it personally, but it's like Maybe sounds like a bad analogy, but if somebody has bad breath, they have a bad breath every time they open their mouth. Right. It's not just that you're smelling bad. It's just that's because they they do, and and that's sort of a toxic person spiritually. Yeah, and and they so have when bad we breath just... only in front of you, they're not like <laughs> waiting till you come around and biting into an onion and you and then be like, hey, you know, and then when you leave, they're brushing their teeth real quick and not being it with anybody else. That's just how that is. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know what? I had that when I changed my numbers. Um, apparently I have the phone number of a man with a toxic mom because he didn't tell her he changed his number <laughs> and she's texting me six months <laughs> after I changed the phone number. After I received this new phone number, six months later, I'm getting crazy texts from a person saying wholly inappropriate things to a son 
And I was like, oh. And I'll never forget, there was this line in one of the texts that said, I'm overly certain this isn't a deficiency or lack of character on my part. I'm overly certain this isn't a deficiency of mine or lack of character. I'm like, overly certain? Are you sure? That sounds like it's definitely... And by the way, everything else in the text was so inappropriate. It showed every character flaw. It was like, oh no, this for sure is you. Do you know how you know? Because your son changed his number six months ago and didn't tell his mom. Like, there's definitely something wrong there. And that's why we need to learn when to walk away. I got an email um, about two months before when to walk away came out. So nobody had read it really. I mean, a few publicity people or whatnot, but it wasn't out in the public sphere. And a woman wrote me this angry, very long, detailed, single spaced email Mm. about how awful it was, how hurtful it was, Mm. how, how wrong it was. Now, again, she hadn't read it but she was sure what she thought oh. it probably said oh no so she's attacking a book that hasn't been published that isn't out and and it was hard because she had been hurt her husband right. had died mm. she was estranged from all of our kids Oof. but I, I i just wrote this paragraph i, I tried to be very sensitive because i knew she was hurt and my assistant said gary this was a perfect response mm. i just said look it is a little offensive that you're attacking a book that you haven't read, that you're making assumptions about what you think I'm going to say. I said, look, I I, I try not to take this personal, but I really hope you're not writing to other authors like this because this is, Mm. I just reread this and see how it might sound. I got two more angry emails and, and none of her kids will talk to her. And she's upset with every one of her kids, pastors, because all of her kids, pastors affirm them not talking to her. But again, she hasn't gotten it. Right. <laughs> that, that, that it's like you're telling people they don't have to talk to toxic parents. That's so hurtful. That well, maybe if you stop being toxic, yep. some of your kids and some of their pastors will say, Let, "Let's reconcile." But mm-hmm. you're right, Ryan. They they just don't see it. Yep. They are overly certain yep. the problem is you. Yeah. Mm. And in those moments, the healthier we get the more compassion we can have for someone that's in so much pain. You know, it's like, and I I don't mean this, I don't mean this, uh, you know, disparagingly towards that person at all, but you meet shelter dogs that were abused Mm. that, that try to bite everyone that comes near them because they've been wounded and hurt so many times. So many times. We bought, we got a puppy (laughs) that was like two months old and that puppy was severely abused as a literal infant. I can't imagine who would harm a puppy. It's the cutest puppy in the I whole know, world. I know. But you can tell from this little little puppy's reaction how bad it must have been. And you just feel so bad. You yeah. feel so how terrible it must have been, how wounded they must be to lash out at every single thing around them even to their own detriment, even to their own loneliness, even to their own pain. And you can sit back and say, I'm so, oh, I just feel so terrible. I also can't have you around me, but my goodness, I wish the best for that person. I will pray for that person, but I also can't let your pain interfere in my life. The truth is when I changed my phone numbers, it was primarily because I was unhealthy and it was hurting my marriage. 
it would the the people that would say things to me it hurt me so deeply that it was affecting how I treated Laura and how I was around my kids and finally Laura just said Ryan this is unhealthy you're angry all the time you need to just, just go change if you can't set a boundary change your number right and I was like I'm I'm so, I had to apologize. I'm so sorry. And I went down and changed my number. It was like, and by the way, it's very easy to do on your phone. You could change your number just like, I mean, it is easy, but I wasn't strong enough. I wasn't healthy enough. I didn't have good enough boundaries. And I took the easy way out of just saying, you know what? You don't get to call me anymore. You don't get to text me anymore because I can't handle it as an adult. It's hurting my marriage and hurting my relationship with my kids. So I'm just going to change my number. Sorry. I, I used to feel so guilty about that, but here's what a therapist friend of mine, just wise guy, I, I mean that in the, not yeah, in yeah. the New Jersey sense, yeah, but, yeah, wise yeah. Guy, <laughs> but a biblical yeah. wise person. Um, and, and he just said, because he saw the guilt that I felt like I should be able to help this person. Right. And he goes, Gary, if they needed their appendix out, would you pick up a scalpel? It's like no. no. <laughs> if, if they if they had a broken collarbone, are you resetting it? I go no. He goes, you're not a trained psychologist. Yeah. This person has some pathologies. What makes you think mm. you can be the mm. one that gets through them when all these pastors haven't, all these counselors haven't, none of their friends mm. have? And I realized right, it was arrogance. It was this false messianic complex yeah. on my part that if I was just a little wiser, more experienced, more open, surrender mm -hmm. to the Holy Spirit, somehow I could be the one that would break through. What set me free from that when I realized that Jesus himself walked away, mm. that, yeah. that this messianic yeah. complex is like, I'm not even the real Messiah. Yeah. And yet the real Messiah chose to walk away. Mm -hmm. It gave me permission to recognize in humility, God has given me a limited number of gifts. Yep. Some people where it, it's productive for me to interact with them and others, if, if I doesn't, if I can't reach them, it doesn't mean God hasn't raised somebody else to reach them. Right. Uh, somebody might be able to handle them. Somebody might have the insight or they might be willing to listen to that other person. But for whatever reason, this isn't it. So it's like if you're a dentist, you don't do heart surgery. Yeah. If you're a heart surgeon, you're not fixing a root canal. You, you recognize this is what God has called me to do. Mm -hmm. And it's arrogant to think I can step outside of that just because it's a spiritual issue and not a physical one. Mm, and I think that's great in applying that to your family relationships where you might feel more obligated to stay mm -hmm. in and not walk away. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And nor are they asking you to fix them. <laughs> yeah. They're not asking for your help. They're just attacking you. Yeah. They're not saying, you know what? I don't know why we don't get along. Is there anything I can do? How can we work this out? What can, you know, how can I change you? What do I need to do to make, they're not asking at all. There's being toxic around you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's, I, an analogy I use, I'm, I'm one of the few people, well, not few, but I think we're like 15% genetically where we just hate cilantro. Oh. It, it tastes like soap. Right. Yes. Now, oh, I've heard of 80, that. 85% of the population loves cilantro. Yeah, I love they it. They think it tastes great. <laughs> I, I, I can't tell you how much I loathe it. I mean, seriously, it can just wreck a dish. And I, the problem is I, here in Houston, I love Mexican oh. food. And, of course, they throw cilantro in everything. everything. Yeah. So the difference between a toxic person and another person is that your taste buds are different spiritually. Mm -hmm. They enjoy rage. Yeah. They enjoy malice. They enjoy hatred mm -hmm. and, and, and slander. I mean we – even if we do it, I, I would hope we would feel 
awful even while we're doing it. For them, it's like, ha. And, and, and so that's really looking at it that your taste buds are just different. You can't share a meal with them mm-hmm. yeah. because what's repugnant to you is delicious to them. To them. Now, the kind of Christian I can work with, it says, Gary, I've, I've been gossiping. I'm convicted. I don't want to be that way. Okay. Now we're dealing with a toxic act, yeah. not yes. necessarily a toxic person. Yes. They're asking for help. You can, you can invest in that person and see great fruit. But if, if, if they don't enjoy it, it'd be like this. I recently had to have a root canal fixed. They had to take it out. It got him. I don't want to give the gross details. If they Been get there. infected, yeah, he's yep. had, it. had it happen. <laughs> totally. So you know what they're doing? It's oral surgery, yes. right? They're, <laughs> it feels like they're pulling your jaw yep. through your eye socket right. to get it out. Now, I paid this surgeon a lot of money sure to do that. And I thanked him afterwards. <laughs> I was shocked at how good he was at it. If I woke up and somebody strapped me to a chair and started doing that to me and I didn't think it needed to be done. Ooh. I mean, the anger that I would have. the, and, and that's what happens. And you pinpoint it, when I try to help a toxic person that doesn't think they need the tooth removed. Mm-hmm. It's what Jesus said when you throw your pearls What's before that? swine. He said, they will turn and tear you to pieces. Mm, yes. You're giving them a pearl, which in that day and age was as valuable. You would sell all you had for a single pearl. Mm. So you're giving them something true and valuable. And instead of appreciating it, they turn and tear you to pieces. And Jesus says, I don't want you to have that happen to you. Man, that's a good analogy. That is a good analogy. Before we go, what stories are you hearing back from people that have had their lives transformed by this book? I mean, it's because that's the thing. We don't, if, if. When we, we get books every single day in the office, literally every single day, <laughs> a stack. we get a stack of books. We don't put any on that haven't affected us or changed us. This is a transformative book. It will change your life. What stories are you hearing from transformed people? Well, Ryan, it, it changed mine. Oh. So oh. It, it, here's what we're finding. Um, one piece, a rebirth of peace. <laughs> People that realize the anxiety they had, the tension, just like you said, with their phone. If the message beep went off, their blood pressure went up. They assumed it would be negative. Uh, The rebirth of sleep. Mm -hmm. They would wake up in the middle of the night and rethink what an interaction they had had or what they might face the next day. And just walking away, Mm -hmm. uh, remove that. Uh, Really key, a rebirth of ministry. Uh, One woman that God had given a powerful ministry to had an adult daughter that was so toxic. She was canceling ministry appointments. She was canceling uh, all all of her exercise time. Mm. She was comfort eating in response to it. It was destroying her marriage. Um, and, And she realized it was sapping all of the good things out of her life. It wasn't just this painful interaction with a toxic person, that toxicity had spread to her physical health, her emotional health, her other relationships, and her ministry. And and in a couple cases, and this is difficult where it gets in a marriage, but I've talked to parents who have seen their kids who were able, by, by God's grace, were finally removed from a clearly toxic marriage. And they said, 
I have my daughter back. Mm -hmm. I have my son back. They were being destroyed. Mm -hmm. The light had left their eyes. And now I see joy again. Mm -hmm. I see the person I knew. And what had happened is it had been an act of vandalism and murder. Who they were had been murdered. And so even in some extreme cases where I think when we ask somebody to stay in that kind of relationship with a truly toxic person, in one sense, it's a slow death. Yep. Yes. It's an act of murder. We see the the life being squeezed out of them. Mm. Um, and it, it, that's a whole nother issue. Yeah. I don't know that we have time. Well, you know, to Gary, into, though, but- I, I agree with you. Honestly, I really, really do. Laura and I, we coach couples. That's one of the things that we do as a part of our ministry. We coach couples. I mean, we charge for it, obviously. We have to pay our bills. And I remember the first time a couple went through a divorce. And it was like, oh, I just was devastated. And it's happened a number of times. But you can't call. I hate divorce. I've been through it. I know what it's like. I hate it. And when one spouse gets healthy and they are a healthy parent for their children, and one spouse sets a great example for their kids, that's a win. Mm -hmm. And you're right, you are getting a resurrected person. This person has been crushed down by a toxic relationship, and they set boundaries, and they say, I won't be treated this way anymore, and you can't speak to me this way anymore, and I'm not gonna put up with things like this. And the person's like, fine, I'm out. Well, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that you're choosing to leave this relationship and I still am going to choose being a healthy person for our kids, for myself. Mm -hmm. We've seen great people reborn after a toxic person leaves them. And it's sad. I wish we could save every divorce. I wish every relationship could be saved. Sometimes what you said is true. Toxic people want to be toxic. They're addicted to the rage. They're addicted to the anger. They're addicted to the conflict and they won't change and they choose to leave. And I'm sorry that happens, but seeing one of the spouse, I mean, we've seen spouses get clean, go to AA, I mean, resurrect themselves from just a pit and they're showing their children, look, there is a toxic person. You can choose that path. You can see what happens to their life, or you can choose to do the healthy, hard struggle that makes your life better. Mm-hmm. I think we could look at divorce like chemotherapy mm-hmm. in a sense. It could be a <laughs> weapon or it can be a tool. And I hate whenever it has to be used. Yep. And to give somebody chemotherapy that doesn't know it is that doesn't need it is unconscionable. Mm-hmm. Right. On the other hand, when it can save a life and kill the cancer so that you can regrow and be reborn, then it's, it's a necessary thing. And, and I've, I've just seen that. I think earlier on in my ministry, I was a little too naive about evil because I believe Jesus overcomes evil. But what I was finding is that some spouses viewed marriage as a platform to continue abuse. And they, for whatever reason, they get jollies out of destroying a person, demeaning a person, dehumanizing a person. And and basically, they'll, they know the language. They know reconciliation. God is a God of reconciliation. But I had to realize they weren't worried about preserving the marriage as much as they were worried about preserving the platform of abuse. They don't want to let go. They have this person right there. And um, that's where I think we need to oppose evil. First, uh, 
and and recognize what's what's going on. Well, Gary, I thank you so much. It's brilliant. It is. It's a brilliant, brilliant book. It is going to transform thank lives. You, I appreciate it so much. Well, I'm so grateful for this. It's, it, it was life-changing for me. I'm thrilled to hear that it was helpful awesome. for you as well. Thank, thank you. you so much. Thank you so much to Gary Thomas for coming on, dropping the knowledge today on the podcast. So much wisdom, so much in that podcast today. Definitely, if you know someone that's in trouble with relationships, either with parents or siblings or coworkers or friends, show them this podcast. I think it will really help them out a lot. Thank you to our sponsor, The Voice of the Martyrs. Persecution.com is their website, helping those being persecuted for our gospel for more than 50 years. The Voice of the Martyrs. God bless, Rebels. We'll see you soon. Rebel Parenting is produced by Rebel Media House. And when you need a little help with your marriage or parenting, and everyone does, you can find it at rebelparenting.org. Sign up for the Rebel Update by texting the word REBEL to 444-999. That's R-E-B-E-L, and the number is 444-999. We love it when you share Rebel Parenting with your friends and family, so thank you. God bless. Thanks for spending your time with us. And we'll see you next time for another episode of Rebel Parenting.